Welcome to season three of Diary of a Pandemic. Diary of a Pandemic is a personal development podcast that lives at the intersection of two framing truths. The first is that there's a global pandemic happening as we speak. The second is that unconditional freedom is freedom in all conditions. Two transformational coaches, Kianga Ford and Rachel Paz, set out to explore the path to unconditional freedom in the context of living in unprecedented times and meeting whatever the Rona brings with full responsibility for what it wants to teach us about how to get free. A couple of months into this project, George Floyd was murdered by a police officer in Minneapolis on top of a growing list of incidents of police violence against people of color. While our lives were quieted by the context of Corona, this captured our collective attention and led to widespread action around the deeper issues of systemic racism. As a black woman and a white woman, we have different vantage points on this moment. And we think there's a contribution to be made here by taking a deeper look at race through those perspectives. For the next 21 days, we'll be having an unscripted conversation about race, what's present in our lives around it, and what is our work to do to make possible a new conversation that leads to freedom for all. I'm going to introduce us. I'm not sure if I can talk today. Let's see. It's been a very tender pregame, so we're coming to you from a very soft space. If you don't know who we are, we should probably start there. I am Kianga Ford. This is my partner, Rachel Paz. Together yeah, we run the project. Nessie, she'll even talk to you. <laughs> Together we run the project Becoming Free Humans. And our core premise is that unconditional freedom is freedom in all conditions. And right now, the place that we are looking at needing, desire, and wanting greater freedom is in the area of race. So we are coming to you with 21 days of conversations on race. I believe this is day eight. And next Saturday, it's coming up so fast, we are actually launching a six-week course that is a set of conversations like this around race that don't have any prerequisites. It doesn't require that you be an expert on race. It doesn't require that you have read all the reading lists or watched all the films. It just requires that you be willing to come into an open dialogue about race and really get to know yourself and what is your work to do on this spot, in, on the spot of race. So we've been talking in a general sense about the difference between doing the work right? Like the work is out there. It's very externally focused. It's making the right donations and kind of learning the right language and um, reading the right books and watching the right movies. And that the work is different than your work. There's something that's available that's going to unlock who you are personally and your greater potential in relationship to the topic of race. So it's very much um, in the frame, within the framework of personal transformation. So we've been talking about that abstractly, this notion of your work versus the work. But today we're gonna to talk about it a little more close to home. And Rachel and I are gonna talk, both each talk about what is our work to do here. What is my work and what is her work and how is that showing up for us right now?
Mm. <laughs> yes, we are. Oh, so we've been what? So we've done this for seven days. Today is day eight. And, you know, the thing that has been glaringly obvious to me over the last week of doing this has been the places where I will come to the conversation with, look at this thing I just became aware of. And Kiyonga saying, some version of, are you kidding me? <laughs> this has been part of my life, my entire life. And not with any sort of um, condescension or anything like that. She's been very kind about receiving my newness of awareness. But um, the thing that's really, and I want to be clear that I don't know that I would have seen this in the same way if we hadn't been talking about, if I hadn't been engaging in this conversation for seven days, because we've talked about seven different topics as it relates to race for the last seven days. And each day in a very new, like the opportunity for a very distinct conversation, a pattern has emerged for me. And that pattern has been um, my innocence, my absolute um, innocence around, I never thought about that. I didn't know it was a thing. Um, it hasn't like, sure, I've seen it, but it hasn't really occurred to me that there's impact there. Like there's, there's this sort of ball of commonality of, there's a whole lot of things that I'm not, um, that are not a part of my awareness with how I navigate in the world. So for me, that's my work. It's my work to, um, to both engage in the places that I hold innocence and to also um, be really um, aware of and to be willing to receive the fact that people are going to have really strong feelings about that. That 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 luxury um, that that luxury is gonna um, is gonna incite feelings in a particular way, and that um, and that I need to be able and prepared to really hear the impact of that. Feels hot. What do you think is made possible when you do that work? I don't know why this is what's occurring to me, but it reminds me of uh, when I began to dive into the work of intimacy and, uh, you know, a couple of years post-divorce was able to see very clearly the places that my participation in my own marriage or lack thereof really um, had really harmed the relationship and harmed what had been possible. And it was in the moment of connecting those dots that I was able to go back and repair and that I was able to set a new course going forward. And I think that that is, you know, when we can really see how our own participation has impacted a thing or continues to impact a thing, <clears throat> excuse me, and and when we can see that um, 
people have feelings about that. And when we can receive those feelings about that, I think is like a real um, cauldron for, um, for really shifting into a, a, a new way of behaving, a new way of engaging, because we We're, we're inspired to do differently because we can feel what it feels like to not do differently from all sides. Do you have anything that feels like a concrete example? Hmm. Specifically around race? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Possible. Mm -hmm. What do I think is possible? Um, You know, frankly, you and I just had a, a pretty intense conversation before this conversation that we're having. And, um, and my sense is still that there's, um, how do I want to say this? Um, I had to confront who I was being in that conversation. And I got to hear from you the impact of me being who I was being in that conversation. And there was a moment of clarity where I was like, well, I don't want that. That's not how I want this to go. And so it feels like there's this real distillation of clarity in which we get to choose differently. And I think that that conversation was while I can say that I've noticed this pattern of innocence across the last week for myself, it was in that conversation that I could see something different was required of me in order to um, both have the relationship with you that I want to have and to have the relationship that I want with other people of color in my life. Do you feel like you can name that difference? What is it that I want to do different? Well, you said, I think the phrase you used was something different is required. Oh, mm. um, a, a greater level uh, it, it sort of the thing that, so a greater level of awareness mm -hmm. is the thing. And, and the, the, um, the analogy that comes to mind is like, you know, when you're learning a foreign language and it might be a language in which all the letters are the same as the English alphabet, but they aren't set exactly the same way or when certain of them are strung to, or when certain letters are strung together in a particular way, it makes this sound. And it's the difference between looking at those letters and going, oh, well, that's G-H, G and G-H is pronounced this way. And, oh, yes, I see G-H, but it means something different here. Um, and so it feels like, not this like 
um, really intense sort of broad sweeping, oh, I've been totally clueless about how people have been people of color have been treated in America my entire life. Like that's not a true statement. Um, what is true is that there are some, there are some, um, there are some nuance that I have been looking at with, oh, well, that's just the letter G. Um, and I think that what's being asked of me right now is that I um, look at it as the letter G in a language that I don't speak fluently quite yet. Hmm. Yeah, I could understand that example. Anything else? Uh, I think just the um, the gratitude that I have for being able to see that that's my work. Mm-hmm. It feels a lot clearer today than it did a week ago, three weeks ago, six weeks ago. Yeah. What about you? What's your work to do in this moment? I was just thinking about that and I was wondering if I wanted to give some reflection on on what you just shared or go straight into my own work. And I feel like reflection, reflection. (laughs) Pipe down over there. I feel like, yeah, I feel like maybe it's, it's a little bit more in the space of reflection because I think there is um, the compliment to innocence that, that we discovered in our conversation. My feeling of it is that the, the other side of innocence is um, the, the weight of burden, right? So in order for someone to not have to carry it all, it, it, to not have to carry it at all, the other person has to carry it entirely. Right. Um, what is it to share that awareness? What is it to let go of innocence? Does the letting go of innocence, sort of voluntary letting go of innocence rebalance the scales? I, I don't think we have an answer to that. But just really being able to see the relationship between the burden of, I've known this since I was three. I started writing about it at the doctoral level 20 plus years ago. Um, I can't imagine the novelty of having discovered it last night on Netflix, right? And there's a, hmm. there's a little, there's a, no, that's not how I want to say that. There is a way that the flow of compassion the flow of understanding, the flow of shared weight has been pretty unidirectional. And I'll I'll say more about what I mean about that. 
you know, yesterday our conversation was on race and media and we talked about how it is that through the characters that I see on screen, I have always been taught compassion for white bodied characters, right? Because that's the protagonist to associate with, right? To, to sort of understand through. And that, that same thing hasn't happened for people of color where people who don't look like them are taught to see through their perspective and to empathize with them. And there is just this way that for people of color, we don't necessarily have an innocence about whiteness or an innocence about privilege, right? It's those things have always been there. It, it makes me think about like my, my um, barbershop doll head as a, as a kid, like my hairstyling doll. I don't know if you guys remember those. I hope they don't still have them. They're kind of creepy. They're just like these like mannequin heads on platforms. They still use them sort of in beauty school, but we used to have them as little girls and it's just, you hold a head, like style the hair. And my doll's hair was bone straight. Like all the dolls in this series that were made, the hair was bone straight. It was absolutely nothing like my hair, which is super, super curly. And so, you know, a lot of my dolls were like that. And so right away I learned how to work with straight, fine hair. But no little girls who didn't look like me learned how to work with super, super curly, highly textured hair. I know this to be true because I go to Aveda schools. They've never seen or touched anything like it. Um, and so there, there is just this way where I can't relate to innocence. It's not like I, I have a different perspective and there are these parts that I've never seen or considered because I feel like we've really had a front row seat to whiteness and its nuances. So that doesn't feel new. Um, what feels new is being able to have a conversation about the imbalance of that innocence and what that experience is like and, and what that feels like. So yeah, I think that my reflection is, is really just about what, what is the other side? What's the other part of it? It's the unnamed part. And then what's my work to do? The word that came to me immediately when we started asking ourselves this question was articulation. Um, can I take all of this fairly ephemeral, fairly nuanced experience and actually put it into words that allow people who are willing, desirous, curious, interested to understand what I've seen, what I've experienced, how it's been um, different than what they may have experienced. And that's not just a sort of memoir style. It also comes with all that I understand about observation and analysis. And also it comes after a period of really defining myself as a scholar and researcher. I know now that I want 
I want my articulation to serve a popular understanding, a mass understanding, and not a kind of rarefied academic understanding. So it's also learning new voice, um, committing to a different vocabulary, but also committing to transmission. How do I let people feel what this has been like? Yeah. So I feel like for sure we are practicing in this zone. Every day of this live series is an opportunity to articulate some of what I see and some of what I experience and see if I can make that available to people, both who have had similar experiences but haven't heard those experiences put into words in a way that felt like it represented them or their experience. And for people who haven't had that experience at all, that want some access to what, what that's like. We'll see you back here again tomorrow for the next installment of Diary of a Pandemic, 21 Days on Race. If you want to connect with us with your questions, reflections, inquiries about working together, joining us live on the podcast, or really anything else, drop us an email at hello at becomingfreehumans.com or through the messaging function of whatever app you're listening to this on. <laughs>